greetings and welcome to episode number 48 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I am your host, David Dwork, here with you once again. And look, uh, the Panthers, they've hit the halfway point of their season. And I thought that would be a good time for us to take a look at where the team is at, where they might be heading, all that goodness, you know, what might be going on. So who better to join me to discuss the state of the Panthers than their very own radio color man, Bill Lindsay, who we also see regularly as an analyst on the NHL Network and uh, who every Panther fan knows scored the most iconic, iconic goal in franchise history. And I was trying, Billy, to explain it to my five-year-old at the dinner table tonight, how <laughs> you basically did like a Superman dive as you went into the goalie's five hole. So even the next generation of young <laughs> Panther fans, I'm starting to, to teach them about it. That, well, that's, that's, that's very thoughtful of you, David. Yeah, five years old and grasp. Yeah, it's going to take a while. I'm getting old. Even 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 the majority of our fans, fan base now don't even remember that 96 run. That's why it's critical that we get in the playoffs and win a playoff series. Uh, I'm very thankful for that memory and I'll, I'll cherish it forever in that run with that special group, group of guys. But it is time to make some new marks down here in South Florida with some new memories and some new great moments in history for this Panther team. This, the, the fans deserve it. The people deserve it. 96 was awesome. But as you just touched on, it was a long, long time ago. Not that long ago, but, <laughs> but yes, I couldn't it's, it's agree more. There. Well, I couldn't agree more that we do need some new memories. I think that the Panthers fans that are still clinging to those 96 memories, which were awesome. They deserve some, some new some new stories to tell. So, and it seems like the team is stacked full of guys that, that hopefully uh, can deliver on that. Um, getting into this season, I think the first thing I want to ask you about is kind of the thing that we're in right now. The Panthers are currently on this Western Canadian swing, this big road trip. The road has not been friendly to the Panthers this year. They've been kind of right around 500 all season. Uh, it's not something that me as, a, as an observer watching knowing how stacked the team is, it doesn't strike me as too concerning of an issue. However, being that you've been in these situations, you've played on teams, you know what it's like to play on the road compared to playing at home. Is this something that is a cause of concern yet? Not at this point. Actually, to me, it's good for this team because it needs some adversity. They had some adversity with the COVID and the injuries where they played 500 hockey for, 10 or 12 games or so and it kind of started to snowball in the wrong direction and then they got back on track got healthy again rebounded put together the winning streaks and Andrew Burnett the coaching staff wanted to see some improvement on stuff they come out of the break they work on the power play they wanted to see the power play be better have it more of an impact in the second half of the season the power play has gotten much better they challenged this group for the power play. Now the power play starts to get going. He wanted to see the team be better on the road. It's been okay, but it's not where it is on home ice. They're not the same team on the road that they are at home. They're not able to dismantle teams the, the way they do at FLA Live Arena. So there is a little bit there that this group, if you want to really get in there, and Andrew Burnett want to challenge these guys in the second half of the season, there has to be an emphasis that we got to be better on the road and we need to see improvement. And that's good for a team to have areas to work on. You just, when you're a team and you're rolling like they were at home and everything's going good as a coach, sometimes when you get bumps in the road, you can point at the, the team and the road record and say, this is an area that we have to improve on. And so far, when you've asked this Panther team to really step up to challenges, 
they've responded. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be road heavy in the second half. They're going to get a great chance to improve on that road record. They're going to play a ton of games on the road. So it's an area that they're going to have a focus on, but it's still a deep team with a lot of talent. And I believe you'll see improvement on the road as they get through and get closer to the Stanley Cup finals. And what you want to pay attention to is the road games is when you get into those meaning, meaningful road games. The road winning Carolina was big. When you go into Toronto, you got a couple of games in Toronto. You still have four games. You haven't seen the Maple Leafs yet. When you go into Toronto, are you able to win in the tough environments on the road? But this Panther team just hasn't been able to click like they have at home. And there's an area that they can kind of hammer on and need to see improvement on. And so this adversity and going through these road struggles can be helpful for a team because it pushes them a little bit. And this is a team that if you want to get to the top and you want to win a Stanley Cup championship, then you have to be pushed at certain points during the regular season. You have to go through some internal battles with your club and fight through it. I believe the COVID situation was one issue where they were able to kind of fight through it with the injuries and kind of get through that and play around 500 hockey, get healthy, go on a big time winning streak. Now hovering around 500 on the road, got to hammer it home with these guys. We have to be better on the road. We need to show improvement on the road. How do you respond? And if you are going to be a championship team, they will see in the second half, if they respond like a team that's going to be capable of winning a Stanley cup. And they're going to be tested right off the bat in that second half. Cause like you wrap up the pre all-star break at the Rangers, then they're extremely tough at home. You come out of it at Carolina, at Minnesota, at Chicago, who's finally starting to play some decent hockey. So you're going to get tested right off the gate. Um, <laughs> now you touched on Andrew Brunette and his impact on the team. Obviously not never an ideal situation when you take the job in the middle of a season while it's ongoing. Um, but he seems to do a pretty good job so far. He obviously leans pretty heavily on his staff. Um, you mentioned the power plays finally starting to come around that he's continued to run. Um, he, he definitely uh, leans on Robbie Tallis in terms of the goaltending situation and how they manage the goaltenders. But overall, Billy, um, Andrew Brunette to this point as the interim head coach, uh, passing marks, uh, am, am I right? Yeah, passing marks. And when they took over with Andrew Brunette and – get it there, Bill Zito, the GM, there was going to be a runway for him. They were going to give him a length of time, I would guess probably 20 games and kind of kind of evaluate and see where they want to go and if they wanted to bring someone in. And that, that, that runway is just getting longer and longer with him just because he's been able to continue to grow as a coach. He's gotten better. As you said, it's a, it's a collective performance more so than it would be with Joe Quenville when he was here. Andrew Burnett's going to rely more on his assistant coaches in the input. Bill Zito, the general manager, is going to have a lot of input. They're going to have daily conversations on what's happening with this group, where they want to see this group go. And Andrew Burnett getting there, just learning how to handle the bench and trying to transform from an assistant coach where you kind of have a relationship with the players where you're a friend and kind of a liaison between the heads, head coach. Now you're a head coach and you have the hammer. You're the guy that is in control of the ice time. You are the person that when things are getting rocky, if you have to speak up and maybe get in the ear, do you have that? Do you have that voice in the locker room? And Andrew Burnett's played a long, long time in the league. 
Uh, he's been around in various roles all over the league. And to be a head coach is something new for him. And he has been able to grow in that, in that, in that, that position and continues to develop. And just like this team continues to develop, there seems, seems to be really no cause for concern to, to rush out there and get anyone on board. We'll see when we get closer, but it seems to be Andrew Burnett with his improvements. Why, why, why fix something that's not broken at this point? It seems that he's got command and the, the group listens to him. So Andrew Burnett's done a wonderful job behind the bench. I like the way that he manages, manages the ice time. He kind of spreads it out. And what you're looking for is the response from the players. And he is getting the response from the players on the ice. They're playing hard and they're playing committed hockey. And if you're watching from afar, that's all you want to see from your team. You just want to see the compete level to be there because the talent's there. So as long as you have the work ethic, it shows that the players have the trust in Andrew Burnett and Andrew Burnett has the trust in the players. So, so far, so good. And I would be really surprised to see any changes. Now, being at the situation that you kind of describe or how it with, you know, Zito having his kind of hand involved and, you know, all the assistant coaches obviously playing a big role. We see them in practice, different guys running drills. You see it, you know, on the bench with different guys uh, drawing up plays. And that's fairly common when you get to the postseason without having that alpha voice, like, you know, like a Joel Quenville would have been like a Doug McLean was when you guys went to the final. Um could that maybe be an issue when you don't have like that one guy there to, to kind of be the hammer, as you said, or is, is he still enough of that guy, even if, you know, there's a lot of different voices uh, contributing. Well, that's, well, that's what he's developing along this, this run here when, when he's, he's starting to figure that out. So yeah, once you get in the playoffs too, you should have have everything figured out and it should be self-motivation. You don't need the coach. When we got, when I got into the playoffs with teams, the coach is pretty much out of it. All your systems are in place. He's just now it's all about game management for him and managing the ice time and deciding who plays with who and kind of getting the line matchups. So when you get into the playoffs, the self-motivations are there. The systems are there. The practices, when you get close to the playoffs, the practices are 10, 20 minutes long. You get off the ice, all the focal point turns onto the game, onto the playoff series he'll be fine in that aspect. You just look back a couple of years, Craig Berube with the St. Louis blues, a longtime player took over as head coach of the St. Louis blues. They went on to win the Stanley cup and he turned that team around. They were near the basement when he took over and they went all the way to the top and went on all the way to the Stanley cup. Some people say you need an experienced coach in there. Sometimes you don't. And that's where you just have to kind of have your pulse your finger on the pulse if you're Bill Zito and just check in and know that everything's kind of going okay, but you just can really see that by how the way the team is playing. And we'll see what happens here in the next 15 to 20 games as we get closer to the trade deadline. But to me, I've seen it with Craig Berube. I've seen it with coaches that take over. Andrew Burnett's in a good position. The players like him. So that voice that you're talking about is not really a big concern uh, from my standpoint, no, I, it probably helps that the Panthers' leadership, their core, there's no real egos in that room. It's a lot of 20 something guys 
most of whom have never really had any success at this level. When you, when you talk about, you know, the Panthers guys, the Ekblads, the Huberdos, the Barkovs, or the guys that have been brought in, <laughs> Sam Bennett from Calgary, Sam Reinhart from Buffalo, uh, you know, all these guys, really the only ones that have seen any sustained success is uh, the, the veteran, Patrick Hornquist. Um, mm-hmm. So that may help as, as well, just because everybody's just so keen on winning and they're finally getting this taste of greatness. Because, I mean, look at where the team is right now at the halfway point of the year. They're, you know, top of the NHL almost. Uh, so I'm sure that helps as well, right? It does help as well. And what these players have to realize with Jonathan Huberto up near the league lead in scoring, probably will finish close to the top at the end of the year. Barkoff, one of the best two-way centermen in the game. Ekblad, one of the top defensemen in the game. You got this core nucleus that you've built over time and come together and you've been able to build around it, put the pieces together now it's about this team can the answer in the playoffs can they have success regular season success is one thing but what really builds your career and what really stands out is do you have the ability to win stanley cups and win championships when you are are a great player so but that's the hurdle that's the challenge for this team that they have to prove it in the playoffs regular season success is starting to become a normal thing for this Panther team, which is a good thing. Uh, they were in the playoffs last year. They're going to be there again this year. Now you have to start to answer the questions in the playoffs and get over the hump. And these players have to recognize that they got a chance of a lifetime in front of them, a chance to win a Stanley Cup with a group. You have to realize that and re- the urgency that that requires to play your best hockey to leave the game, I left the game without the Stanley Cup championship. And it's something that, that hurts when you retire because you have one goal when you're a kid and it's to play in the NHL. Once you get in the NHL and you're established, you, the only other goal that you have on your mind is mind is to win a Stanley Cup. So these guys have that chance in front of them. They have to relish the opportunity. They have to look forward to it. This group's been together for a long time and this core group, if they can get over that hump and start to win playoff series, start to win Stanley Cup championships, it brings a whole nother element to your resume that is, you see everyone watches games during the regular season. But when you get in playoffs, everyone's watching and round by round. The attention gets more put on you. If you get to a Stanley Cup final, everyone in the world is watching you you become the main focal point. And that's, that's where everyone realizes, okay, well, that, that person really is a star player. They've done it on the big stage. You have a great, you could have a miserable regular season. And I've seen it before with players and they break out in the postseason. That's all anyone ever remembers or talks about is the postseason that they had. Pat, Pat Maroons won three straight Stanley Cups. If he was on a team that never made the playoffs and was in that grinding role, Pat Maroon wouldn't be talked about hardly ever. Yeah, He maybe would be on a clip, but because he's won those three Stanley Cups, everyone wants him. Everyone wants to hear about him. Everyone wants him on his team. And everyone says, oh, what a valuable piece this guy is to a team. Why is he so valuable? Well, he's won Stanley Cups. So that there it is. That's really it yeah. in a nutshell for this group. It's about... It's about winning championships in this Panther team and Panther group hasn't won a playoff round since 96. It's due and it's time. So I'm looking forward to the playoffs with this, this team. And that's why 
everything that builds up in this regular season in the second half has to be, be building and really developing and improving for playoff success. You mentioned a minute ago in terms of building for that playoff success that the trade deadline is going to be coming up uh, pretty soon uh, in March. Uh, we know that Bill Zito has loved to bring in a lot of defensemen since he's been here. He's obviously going to be looking to add in that area. Um, and something that uh, has kind of been making its way around in terms of the Panthers being interested in a D-man, but the big name out there is Jacob Chikrin. Um, now, I reported earlier this week that uh, Bill Armstrong, the GM of the uh, Phoenix or the Arizona Coyote, Phoenix Coyotes, Jesus, the Arizona Coyotes, <laughs> Uh, would like Anton Lundell included in any package that the Panthers and the Coyotes discuss. No idea what that Bill Zito's reaction to that would be, or if that would be a deal stopper at any point. Um, do you think it's worth it for the Panthers to go after a guy like Jake Chikrin and what he brings to the table and sacrifice a guy like Anton Lundell and all he brings? No, you, Anton Lundell, I'd hang up the phone if I'm Bill Zito. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, great, great young player. You bring him in here, and where, where where's his role? What where where does he fit? He can't play on the first power play unit. That's Ekblad's duty. He's not going to be on the top power play unit. Where's his minute usage? Mackenzie Weger's a good defenseman. Uh, what impact does it have on the group? Uh, as far as what you have in that dressing room, you have to have a, a real vibe in that dressing room. How important players are to your dressing room and. If you take someone out and bring someone back into that mix, Jacob Cherkin, and I know his dad, Jeff, he works for us here with this Panther. It's a great family. He is a really nice kid. He works hard, does all the right things. But where is the spot for him? And Anton Lundell, you need young players on entry-level deals to have impacts on your team. Mm. And he's a guy that's kind of scratching the surface. Barkoff's extension kicks in next year if you're going to sign huberto his extension will kick in the year after that mackenzie Weger is a guy that if he doesn't get moved uh is going to be part of that package then you have to sign mackenzie Weger. when you start to sign players like that what becomes really valuable to your team is to have draft picks that are good on entry-level deals that are young kids so to have an anton lundell on an entry-level deal is something that's irreplaceable to come along and provide that kind of those kind of numbers and that kind of support you can't move him for a player like jacob chikrin uh to come in chikrin's a really good defenseman but the money uh chikrin's i believe around that five million mark somewhere around there yeah 4.6 uh, 4.6 with some term on it yeah so to come uh, it's just it just to me, it would add more salary cap issues and, and headaches to your group. And if you have Anton Lundell still on his entry-level deal for, for a year or two, and then before you got to kind of kick it, kick him into an extension. But to have him, to me, he's so valuable at both ends of the rink. If you're going to add to this group, it's what you would, to me, it would be what Tampa Bay has done in the last couple of years where they added a Bogosian Shen, um, some veteran defenseman with experience, someone that's uh, reliable. You can, you don't need the high price tag guy. David Savard's a perfect example again, a guy that they went out and got in Tampa Bay last year. Those are the guys when you have a, a Stanley Cup contending type team, 
whether it's up front or whether it's on defense is kind of those role players, guys that kind of can come in, fit into your dressing room and you got all your key nucleus and you're just adding a little bit more to it. Just a little bit of spice. Uh, Jacob Chickren's a big ad that would send too much going out uh, the other way uh, for someone. So it's to get that deal done. I don't know if it would make any sense at all uh, for the Panthers. I know he did grow up down here in Boca Raton and is from South Florida. So there is some thinking in behind that. If they could wiggle it out and figure out the, the salary cap, but if Anton Lindell's in that deal, I have a real hard time. The Panthers are even taking that phone call. Yeah. When I heard that, I obviously it's something that you gotta, you know, you gotta report if it's the case, but in terms of like the Panthers uh, interest in that move, it just, yeah. I mean, the way you you said it, when you got a guy in an entry level deal, that's playing the way he's playing, it's like hitting the lottery because it's just so rare when you get a guy that young under team control for that long, and, uh, and again, at just 20 years old and watching him improve and watching his confidence grow as the season has gone on. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, and, a point- and so and you think how good he is now. Imagine in two, three years how good Anton Lindell is going to be. So right? you tra- trade him for – do you think – do you believe Jacob Trickham is going to be more valuable to your team than Anton Lindell? Anton Lindell in two, three years could be a 25-goal scorer and putting up 55, 60 points, playing both ends of the rink, and right behind Barkoff in the Selkie Trophy consideration. He has that kind of talent as a 200-foot game. So to even think throw in Lundell and throw in picks, to Jacob Trickern has some worth, but not that kind of worth. Uh, unfortunately, just Anton Lundell, his worth in two, three years, you have to be able to have, evaluate and project what these players are going to become as well. And Anton Lindell's on his way to becoming a superstar in this league. He's, he's, he's no ordinary player. He's 20 years old and he is already legit and he's, it's only going to get better. So that, that from that standpoint, Anton Lindell is one of those guys that uh, you want to build your team around, not really take out of the picture. Yeah. And one point that you made earlier to me before we, when we were talking about this, before we hit the record button that I think is really interesting also in terms of if you bring in Chitron, what does that mean for Mackenzie Weider's future with the Panthers? Cause you probably wouldn't be able to keep both of them. We've seen what Mackenzie Weider can do five on five. We know that he's very productive in that, you know, in that area of even strength hockey. We, a lot of Chitron's success has come on the power play in terms of scoring production, you know, both are solid defensemen, but when you're talking about, as you said, the roles available, um, is there truly a good fit? And for you would think with a player that good, you make it work. But when you're thinking big picture, it, it doesn't seem as black and white as you would, would think when you're like, oh, of course you bring this guy in. Yeah. I mean, Kenzie Weger puts up 30 points a year to even strength. Yeah. And Jacob Chickren, too, to come in. If he's not on that first power play unit, is and he gets that second power play duty time, which is 25, 30 seconds. Is he going to give you 30, 35 points at even strength? And two, Mackenzie Weger, you have to, when we traded Stu Barnes after that 96, 90, after that 96 run in 96, 97, Stu Barnes was a really big part of our dressing room and what it meant in our dressing room. And I know we were trading for a future, and Chris Wells, someone that we were projecting was going to become something that he never became. You know that Jacob Chickren is a very, a very good hockey player and is going to be around in this league 
for a very, very long time and have success. But you also have to know what you have in that room as far as chemistry. Do you take someone like Mackenzie Weger, who is seems to be a very popular teammate amongst everyone in that dressing room, and take him out of that mix? Then you really start to play with some fire. You could lose the connectivity there in the dressing room with kind of what you're, you're building. And everyone looks at the trades and someone goes here. But I've been in dressing rooms and it, it's hard. You, you become a family in that dressing room and you're working for one common goal. So to take someone out of that dressing room, you've got to be very, very careful who you take out and who you replace into that, that room. Uh, Chikrin would have no problems fitting into the group. He, he's, he would be popular and a good young kid, but taking someone out too that's really done so much good for your franchise is this this type of year those, those things the Panthers aren't that's just not stuff that you're that you're looking to explore with this Panther team uh David it's just it's just tweaks it's not blockbuster stuff it's not big name people it's just you're you're really looking at tweaks as I said just role players depth players you're not looking for another 20 goal scorer out there or 30 goal scorer you're looking for someone maybe that could fit in on your third line someone that could be on your five six d pairing that could add you a, a little bit more uh to to get in there and at what price so that's uh if you could bring chicken in and maybe give up some draft picks and assets and not and not really touch any of what's on the team then and you can believe that you can work around the salary cap in the next few years, then I'm all for it. I'm all for that kind of move. Then there's a possibility with that. If you can bring Chickern in here and you can do it without moving a key part of your team at this very moment, then that's someone that you could bring in and would be valuable to this team. And then, then there's some potential for it, but you gotta, it's just something that's very, very, that you gotta be very careful with at this point. Well, before we uh, wrap it up, I did want to get into the season, you know, the halfway point of the season, just kind of take a look at how things are going just because there's so much positive to talk about. Uh, And what you said earlier kind of rings true because usually at this time of the year, Billy, it's we're thinking of like how we're going to man up for the playoff chase. You know, how is it going to go as we try to make that last push towards a playoff spot? But but no, I mean, that's kind of a foregone conclusion right now that they're going to be a playoff team and it's January. So that that in and of itself is like a nice change and something that hopefully will be a, a constant thing down here. But just looking at the, at the team right now, I mean, the first thing that jumps out at me is like they basically have two first lines uh, that would be good on any team in the NHL between mm-hmm. the Barkov line and the Huberto line. Um, just how rare is it for a team to have that much firepower in their top six? It's extremely rare. And that's why, the, to me, the, the windows this year, next year, the huge window of opportunities are this year, next year. Because this league with the way that it's set up with the salary cap is not meant to, to, to be – Tampa Bay – is the gold standard as far as working around the salary cap and fitting players in and kind of building through the draft. They built through the draft. The draft. If you go look and find the players that they've drafted and where they have drafted them, and then kind of the shrewd trades and free agent people that they've brought in, 
it's been remarkable what they've done in Tampa Bay from that kind of category. So the Panthers this year to have all this kind of talent and you got the salaries, as, as I said, where you got Huberto and Barkoff on extremely good deals at this very moment. Uh, all your contracts are, are reasonably priced. You got a wealth of talent. You were able to bring in all this talent because you got Ekblad at 8 million and Bobrovsky at 10. But other than that, the rest of the guys fall in that, the real superstar guys fall in the four to $6 million range, which allows you to bring out on a boatload of those guys. So it's extremely talented from top to bottom. The fourth line has become one of the best fourth lines in the business when healthy, when low Serena is out there with Lomberg and Hornquist. The third line is one line that maybe you can have some thoughts to, about at the deadline is Lundell is the core of that third line, but there are pieces that you could add on the wing. There is, we've had Mammon there. We've had Betrano, we've had Tippett. Uh, you've had the rolling cast kind of through that third line. So if you want to maybe try and tweak something around that third line, that is something that you can explore some possibilities in. And then Uyghur, Ekblad, Forsling has been uh, really, really good. Uh, then you got Montour, another solid season out of the Montour. Gudis hits everything in sight. Yeah. Then you're looking for then you're looking for a sixth defenseman uh, to round out. And Bobrovsky has gotten back to that Vesna Trophy form. So it's it's that's why they're so deep, and they do have enough talent and depth with the extra guys that they can fill holes when needed to with when when players are down and injured. So they've done a really good job of building this club from within. And so there are maybe some little pieces, but this, it is, I, to me, that's the most talented Panther team by a wide, wide margin that's we've ever had on the ice. And we'll see what uh, can happen once it comes playoff time, but it is, it's extremely rare that you can put together a team like this. Bill Zito's done a masterful job with the players that he's brought in and, kind of kind of filled in with spots and now over the next few years uh so this year's a big window next year's a big window and then it becomes even now it starts with your draft picks and building and that's why Londell a guy like that is so important but this team is got everyone at every position they can play it fast quick if you want if you want to play a hard hitting grind it out style they can play that kind of hockey. Uh, they can pretty much morph into and play any kind of hockey game you want if you want to play it that way, which is really, really rare. And to me, why they're they're built for the playoffs. They've got they've got a mean streak to them. They've got a nastiness and they've got a an ability to to score at will. At they've got the electricity behind the offense. So to, it's it's. It's in there with the conversation with best teams in the NHL and and it's got the depth to go with it. So every Panther fan should be extremely excited. To me, the playoffs can't get here fast enough because it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's prove it time. And it's it's okay, right. prove it. It's yeah, it's prove it and, and this is this is the year for a lot of these guys. There's a lot years in the past, even last year, but there is some pressure behind this Panther team. Uh, going into the playoffs this year uh, to get it done. So there is some pressure for this team to really get it done this year. Well, I'm glad that you brought up that 
Lusterinen, Lombard, Hornquist line just because I, I wanted to just get your take on that before we wrapped up. Just as a guy who's kind of played some of that important middle bottom six-ish roles where you have to be a little bit more physical, you have to be a little bit more possession, where you really change the momentum of a game. Like you've been a part of that before. And now this yeah. line has just been so important and so consistent, which is what's blown me away really is they've, you know, they've a lot of times been the most consistent line game after game where every time they're on the ice, they're bringing the exact same amount of energy. They're keeping the puck in the offensive zone. Um, that kind of line, particularly when the playoffs roll around, is just so important to have. Um, how good is this Panthers fourth line? It's, yeah, it's really good. And it's led by Patrick Hornquist. The compete level for Hornquist is through the roof. And Lomberg's a guy that wants to stay in this league. And how you get into the NHL, how you become a regular. You, two guys for the Panthers that have become regulars, Mason Marchment and Ryan Lomberg, they got into the team last year late and had some success and then had playoff success. And all of a sudden, that's how quickly you – if you get an opportunity and you make the most of it, that's how quickly you go from wanting to play in the NHL to becoming an NHL player and becoming a regular. Ryan Lomberg did that. Marchman did that. So Lomberg goes out there. He knows his role. He hits everything in sight. He's going to stir it up. <laughs> the fans love him. Uh, he's just fun to watch play. He's got a little bit of a score scoring ability to him and Hornquist does he's going to do everything in front of the net screen the goaltender get down deep in the corners and then you got a really responsible centerman and low Arena, who's really smart at both ends of the rink can distribute the puck and be in the right spot at the right time so it's got a, a really just a mix but it's and they do tilt the ice in the Panthers favor and when this Panther team's kind of flat if there, if you're looking for one line, that's the line you point to. That's the line that can get it going. The ferocity that Hornquist brings and Lomberg the, and the passion uh, that they bring is something that is invaluable in that fourth line role because they can, they can score important goals at key, key times in a game. They can have big shifts, big hits, a fight. Uh, when you need it most, uh, Hornquist is like I said, he's a nightmare for the opposing goaltenders. He's always, always hanging around that blue paint and always kind of chirping with the opponent. So, to me, the way that that fourth line has been built, that's out of all the star players, that's what makes me more excited about the Panthers' chance in the playoffs more than anything else is having a fourth line like that that can do to can do some, some of that stuff when you need it most and score big goals when in, in the playoffs, those like Lombard did last year with that big goal that he had, those are the kind of players that score big goals in the playoffs when you need it most. Well, Billy, I, I want to thank you so much for taking some time and just kind of sharing your knowledge as always. Um, it, it's a big season for the Panthers and, and certainly really value your opinion. So thank you a lot for joining me on the pod today. And, uh, and just kind of opening up, man. I, I appreciate it very much. All right. I appreciate it, David. Double D, does that work for a nickname for you? Double D? Yeah, man. I don't mind Double it. Double D. I don't like, do you have a nickname other than Dworky? No, it's pretty much been Dworky. Okay. Uh, Double D. I'm going to start with Double D now. I like Double D. All right. So, well, what was yours? From, I'm trying to, it was. Uh, I, I was chill. They used Chilly to Willy. Chilly Willy. Yeah. Chilly <laughs> Willy down here. So. 
Dorky, yeah, Dorky's okay. I'm, I like Double D though. We got to get you some nicknames out there. All right. Well, we we got to get back on the ice. That's that's the next thing that's got to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you very much to Bill Lindsay, and again, that's going to do it for episode 46 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. You know, you can find Billy. Uh, listening every Panther game along with the uh, play-by-play man Doug Plagans on the Panthers radio network and catch Billy also on the NHL network where he's a regular analyst across a lot of the network's programming. Uh, if you're a fan of my work, you can find all my written Panthers coverage on local10.com or the local 10 app as well. And if you don't already, you can give me a follow on Twitter at David's work for all my daily coverage of the Panthers. Uh, until next time, everyone, please take care of yourselves, stay safe, be kind. And as always, just like Billy, stay cool. Ha, ha, ha.